People are doing strange things on lockdown. For me, I do these intros because I am literally that bored. This is Above the Fold and Below Your Expectations. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Above the Fold with Francis and Jeff. As always, we try to bring in interesting and knowledgeable guests because Jeff and I are barely that together. Um, Our early listeners will remember our early episodes where it was just Jeff and I yammering along for about 45 minutes to an hour. And um, Jeff, those were awful. Those were awful episodes. I've gone back and listened to some of them and I'm embarrassed. Like, that doesn't age well? No, they don't age well at all. Well, I think we made a mistake early on. We thought that we had to like teach people. We had to to be educational. And then very quickly realized that people want to be entertained first and they want to be educated second. Right. You know, I can go back and listen to, we should have a couple drinks and just like, listen to it and then shred it afterwards in an episode, make it very meta. You may not remember this, but we used to have kind of like the, uh, the, the top five or some sort of like countdown for topics. I don't know. Oh. We, we, tr- we tried to have some sort of format to this and um, it was so wooden and super bad. So I'm, I'm glad we matured it took us a while, but I'm glad we've done, we've done that. Um, but more importantly, I'm glad we brought, we, br- we bring on guests now, which is, I think, um, really important. So we're super happy today to have Melissa Berrios. Um, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Can you give our audience um, some background uh, about yourself, your career, and and what you're about? Well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so I'm the founder of Melissa Berrios Consulting and its mother company, Virtualmente Libre. Um, and with Virtualmente Libre, uh, I mean, with um, Melissa Vesrios Consulting, we serve six and seven figure high achieving entrepreneurs, elevate their brand um, and their online presence um, through uh, leveraging social platforms and uh, online marketing tools. Um, we help them build their audiences and communities, and um, we help them generate qualified leads um, in a done for you concierge level service. Um, and with Virtualmente Libre, it's a online um, community of Latina entrepreneurs. And um, in, in with Virtualmente Libre, we teach them online marketing strategies and uh, that will help them build and grow online businesses. Um, we have a podcast called Virtualmente Libre, the podcast. And also we have online programs, courses in Spanish that are designed specifically for the Latina entrepreneur market. Um, I am a born and raised Puerto Rican. Um, I was, I went to school there for 25, I lived there for 25 years. And um, when I graduated from engineering school, I'm a civil engineer um, moved to the mainland U.S. to pursue my engineering career. And um, even though I went to school for engineering, I mean, I think I always loved math, but I've always, I was always very um, a very creative person. And I, I was always involved in some sort of arts or, um, you know, I, I, I always had some sort of creative outlet in my life. When I was in college, I was uh, sing- a singer, a soprano in in, a, in the choir, and 
in high school in college and I traveled the world with that with with the group um I play the guitar you know like I I always had something along the you know parallel to the engineering path um to keep my creative juices flowing um and when I moved into the you know the US and um started you know getting deep into my career and getting you know climbing that corporate ladder um my creative side kind of started dying um and so after some years uh, into it um i discovered blogging and i started um because of a friend i had a friend that she uh, started a, a mommy blog uh and i was very curious about like how she started it and what is she doing with it and how are you doing that and so it occurred to me that I would start a blog about um um documenting my tra- my travels because I also love to travel and um I was just like blogging about the places that I was going I was taking pictures and from there I you know like you guys say here in the US I went down the rabbit hole of blogging and of online uh, uh, marketing and it it was everything done for the blog right so I was um, learning how to do SEO learning uh, how to leverage social media email marketing all all these things that were so new to me but since I'm an engineer and I'm you know I consider myself a very techie girl I was just fascinated by the whole online world it was so new to me and I, I just, you know, I just became obsessed about it. And, you know, I've been through all the courses out there. I mean, I, I just, I just went for it. And so I kept blogging and um, it was like my hobby. It was fulfilling that creative side of me that was kind of dying at some point. Um, but when um, I, I have two kids, so after I had my second child, I started developing a lot of stress and like depression and I, I I didn't have like a work-life balance with my career and my family. And so um, we as a family at some point came to the decision to, for me to stop for a while, you know, the, the, the nine to five thing and just focus on my little one. I, I, I had just like, a, it was like a newborn baby and I, I was like, okay, like, so I'm going to stay home, but I'm going to be home-based. I'm not going to be a stay-home mom. I'm going to be a home-based mom. So I, I'm, I'm going to find a way to still work while I'm home with them. And so that's when I, you know, came up with an online marketing agency. And um, what it's interesting is that as soon as I launched it, I was hired in the spot by one of my friends that uh, she's an online um, business coach and she needed, she really needed a virtual assistant. Um, But she hired me and said, you know, I've been look. I I mean, I've been following everything you're doing for yourself and for your blog and everything else. I want you to do exactly. I want you to help me do exactly what you do for, you know, but I'm going to pay you to do it with me. And so um, that's how kind of how it all started. I, I just, you know, spent a whole year with her and um, with her, I learned 
so much more than like just online marketing, but how to apply it to a real business and um, how um, to leverage everything, you know, how, how everything pieces together, right? And since then, it, everything kept evolving. evolving. Um, I started getting the referrals. I started, you know, working with other people and, and, and it's what's become right now. So I love, I love the background and I love, <laughs> I honestly, because I, I feel a kinship in the sense that I never really had much of a plan for my career and it, it, it has been, been very much, um, you know, certain choices lead me here and this seems interesting. So I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I'm, I, I'm always wondering about the people who have that set plan in five years, I'm going to do this. Um, so as you're, as you were telling your story, Melissa, I felt much, uh, a, a lot of, I related to a lot of it just in the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, life changes and suddenly you want to go, go this other route. Um, one of my first questions was going to be about asking you about being a project engineer in civil in engineering, but you kind of answered everything with, um, having the creative side of you almost pull you closer and closer toward that, mm-hmm. you know, even during that career. So I want to switch it and say, do you miss civil engineering? At all? Uh, <laughs> you had 13 years in there. So. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes <laughs> I do. Um, but you know, at, at some point my, you know, and, and I have to say civil engineering still, like there's a lot of creative in it. Uh, in the job. And and that's something I really love too. But as you go up in the corporate ladder, as you grow uh, as an engineer, you get pulled out of that. Um, so you get into more of the management positions. And um, it's not that they're not fun. I was good at them. But uh, I, I missed that, you know, getting into the design, um, nitty gritty design and being, you know, all the attention to detail and, and building things, you know, like it back to the to the core of what engineering is. Um, yeah, sometimes I miss it, but you know, my husband is an engineer too, so he sometimes, uh, it, you know, and all the, through the pandemic, with with he's been working uh, from home. Sometimes I I look over at his computer and I start talking about like, oh, why are you doing this? And I we still I still got it. I'm like I still got it. Like, but um, I miss it sometimes. You you easily have the widest range of talents out of any guests that we've had. I've heard so, uh, soprano, <laughs> soprano, yeah, um, guitar playing, civil engineering, <laughs> art. I mean, that pretty much covers every region of the brain, I would say. And um, like that, maybe there's not really a question in here, but I do admire it. Just hearing you talk about these things, I can kind of picture this almost like obsessive passion over certain things that yeah. you do. And I have to say that really clicked with me because those are my happiest moments when I have something that I just can't put down. It's almost like a puzzle that you're up until two in the morning trying to solve. You know, it's pretty inspiring hearing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I always been, and even even through college when I was, you know, always you have like this free elective classes you can take. I was always doing some sort of weird stuff, like not, not what, you know, I, I was doing uh, art or um, design or, you know, it, it was never something related to or complementary to engineering, really. It was just something that I, I was just curious about. Again, uh, same. I, in college, I took a class called Violence in Cinema <laughs> that went no, like, 
it was it didn't count as an elective didn't go to any major at all i think i actually had to request to take it so <laughs> i basically burned money for a semester so i could go to violence and cinema and um but to this day it's one of the ones i remember you know i keep talking about it now and um the movies we watched and the discussion afterwards it was great but um yeah, I would do the same. I would just seek out these things. Well, that seems cool. <laughs> oh, I don't realize how much I'm spending right now, but I'm going to do it anyway. I've got a lot of questions. I mean, it's not going to follow any linear order, but I figured I'd just kind of jump in. We might pull fiction this thing, go back and forward. I'm interested um, in your company. You said that you've taken courses in everything, SEO, email marketing, all that kind of stuff. So when you are working with clients, with people, what area are you focusing on? Like what generally when a client comes to you, what are you helping them solve in the realm of digital marketing? Do you usually start into branding, um, digital marketing? Where do you go? So my my zone of genius is helping them elevate their brand, their branding in social media um, and help help them also with the um, techie side of, you know, email marketing and kind of putting all the pieces together, Um, you know, all all the the whole package, because sometimes we, we think about digital marketing and we think about just online social media, but it's really you need to have a strategy of how are you going, you know, your messaging, your branding, um, and also how is that connected? Like, how are you attracting, like, why are you doing it? You, Why are you on social media? You want to attract qualified leads. What do you want to do with them when they come to you? You know, when they come across your profile, you want them to, you know, go to your website. You want them to have a consultation with you. It's, it's mostly helping them um, delineate that path of what needs to be done um, and how, how, you know, how do they need to implement and how do they need to go about the, the, the different channels of marketing? Do you see social media marketing different than your peers? Do you see that there are a lot of social media marketing people do things differently than you or, or maybe not as well? And you have a different insight or a different angle that you take? I mean, my approach is, is very, I mostly help just mostly I help coaches or service-based entrepreneurs. So I'm not here to teach you how to do an Instagram story or how to uh, grow to a hundred thousand or 10 K followers. You know, that's not what's important. I I'm here to help you generate leads into your business. And that's kind of my, my approach is sometimes very different because I, I feel like a lot of people, influencers out there that are teaching social media it's more the approach is more more like get more followers you know um be famous be popular you know that that's not the point and and uh, i really focus on helping people attract leads and get them you know convert them into business into money uh that's what what that's what we are in social media for, right? When you have a business, it's not to have fun, it's, it's to work, it's to, you know, attract those leads. So that totally resonates with me. My area, my zone of genius is SEO. And I see the same thing in the industry constantly. There's there's a 
there's a problem with connecting what SEO does to actual revenue and like demonstrating that and doing SEO in such a way that you can see that it brings in leads. It's always like the short sighted you, you explained like getting more social followers. It's like step one of step eight. And they kind of <laughs> always leave it there for SEO. It's like, I brought in more organic traffic, end of conversation. And there's no conversation about what kind of organic traffic to which pages did they convert, all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's really refreshing to hear somebody say, okay, I'm putting together a digital strategy, but I'm actually thinking about the business first and working my way backwards. Exactly. To yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it's and, and it's a myth to me uh like it, speaking about like the the whole like the whole metrics that people like establish for themselves sometimes there are so they're vanity metrics, right? Um so what's the worst, what's the worst vanity metric that you want to get rid of? <laughs> well, that that's the biggest myth that that you have to have mm -hmm a ton of followers in order to be profitable. Like it, it's not true. It's, it, I believe um, uh, quality over quantity of followers. And if you have a good um, way and an established way of attracting the right people into your social channels and into your website and into your, your ecosystem, you don't need to have 10,000 followers. You just need to mm -hmm. have the right the right people. It's all about numbers, you know. Like if you if you have a highly engaged um, community in in your social uh, platforms that are going to convert at a higher rate than like a big, but like a, a big community or a, not even a community, a, a big you know number of followers that they don't even care about you that are not going to convert. <laughs> you know, it's 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 about numbers all to me. So. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't really think that people need to focus on the number of followers that much. Yes, they're good, right? Like it makes us feel good. Oh, we have, but, um, it, it goes hand in hand with your strategy and what, what kind of people you're attracting. Yeah. I, it, it looks great on a report. You're the agency, you're the consultant and <laughs> green number and an arrow going up. <laughs> um, and the client is none the wiser to know what is actually, what it actually means. Yeah, I get you. But what really matters is like the quality of it. Francis, I know you're chomping at the bits to talk about TikTok. Let's just check. Well, that, but even before that, Jeff, I was going to say, you know, she's a better version of you, man. Yeah, I've heard this. <laughs> I know. I've heard this and it's like, no, but she's way more eloquent. Um, <laughs> I love it already. Uh -huh. Absolutely love it. I know. Can you, you, know, you, you want to replace me, Melissa? Do you want to replace me on this podcast? We'll save <laughs> anytime. <laughs> See, I thought it was going to be a robot that replaced you, but no, just someone better. That's all we need. That's all we yeah, need. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> more talented. Oh man, but um, I couldn't agree more about the followers. I was going to bring that up too, and the fact that um, that is something that people oh, it doesn't matter. They always look at that number and they even ask about it. Oh, how, what is the follower growth or what happened here? And it's almost like a second or third tier thing of like, well, what happened? What did they do? Where did they go? And as Jeff said, did they convert? And sometimes during those conversations, you see these blank stares. It's like, what do you mean? Like we have, but we have a million followers. It's like that doesn't, that's great, but <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
And I do want to talk about TikTok, but even before that, um, Melissa, I want to ask about specifically 2020 because with um, with everything that happened, social unrest, Black Lives Matter, the election, what started to rise up in especially in social media for certain brands and even um, even people with prominent followings um, were was taking stands. You know, they would they would they would put a message out. They would take a stand. They would almost it almost be part of their, um, of their ongoing strategy. Um, was social media harder in 2020 and does that change how, how people approach social media in the future? I think for some people it was harder. Um, but I just feel, you know, it, it, it comes back to being authentic in, in your messaging and, um, if you've always been authentic and you, you know, always speak to your convictions, um, it shouldn't matter what's going on in, you know, you don't have to be following a trend and like make a stand. Like if you always are authentic and, and, and open to your audience, um, it should, it shouldn't be a problem. I think it's a problem when you're, you're trying to please, uh, you know, like, um, a trend as opposed to to just be authentic and 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 speak in speak your truth so i i couldn't agree more I, and i remember um when we started seeing all the messages that came out from every single brand um uh the ben and jerry's one was by far probably the one that got a lot of um, attention and press and when mm-hmm. some people asked well why is ben and jerry's saying that um and then they realize when you dig into it they had always like you had said they had been authentic they had been saying the same things for years um and it just elevated their message that much more um it does make me think um thinking ahead like if if i if i'm going to be an entrepreneur i'm going to start a new brand is that something i have to ask myself melissa like if do i as a brand I, i don't exist anymore i don't even exist yet but should I consider beyond not only my mission and the vision for the for, for my business, do I take a stand on things? What are, what are my core beliefs? Um, and, and, and that's exactly you just said it. Like I think you need to be you need to really look at the values of your brand, and and you know showcase them, stand you know stand by them, um, and 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 that's and, and that's really all you have to do. Because you can't just please everyone. You you have to stand by what you believe and what your core values are. So, so that's something that is very important to establish in the beginning when you're. What are you? What What are those values of your brand? What do you stand for? What are What are you? What are you about? So, there's some brands out there. I think we all saw it. There are some brands out there that really never have taken any stance or they're very neutral or very quiet historically old brands. And then over the last year, they jumped in and had a part of the conversation. And sometimes it seemed like they were, it was authentic. Like they just didn't want to be the last, last one to do it. And it seemed like it was an awkward situation for a lot of people. And I don't think they knew how to handle it because they didn't, you know, they never took part in those kind of conversations in the past and the audience didn't know how to handle it. I don't have a specific example, but I I know of a few instances where the audience is like, "Eh, we don't quite believe you. So it almost seems to me like 
from what I just heard, if you're going to start a company, you should probably get your values out there immediately so that in the future, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you have a leg to stand on. You have a, you've got some sort of background and you've, you've stated the reason why you're doing what you do and all of your core beliefs and everything. Yeah. And I guess I'm, it's definitely harder to, I mean, like, as you mentioned, Jeff, like for some brands, maybe established ones to suddenly want to be part of that conversation while not impossible, it's, it's not easy either. I mean, it's, you can't just put out a Instagram or, or even a, a, twi- a tweet and then suddenly everything's fine. You, you need even a strategy yeah. for that, like a separate strategy. Like we're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. We are going to maybe launch a new initiative, whatever that might be. Um, Right. How do we really think about our core values? Right, because sometimes, you know, things happen and it brings awareness to us and of, of things that we never even thought about or weren't even aware of. So um, it, I think it's also okay to take a stand if 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 you, but, but it's not, you know, like we see people like in social media making a post or saying, you know, just sending a, a message in, in an email and, um, if you really want to take a stand or like or something really inspired you and brought awareness then you do something about it, right? Like have, have something more meaningful to say and do, um, and, and, you know, help also bring awareness to it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's deli- it's a delicate conversation, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's um, with uh, with authenticity. I, that's core. I mean, it, it feels to me. It's always felt to me like a brand should always be personal. It shouldn't seem like this rigid business that's just a faceless mm-hmm. organization. So it seems to me if you're if you're branding or if you're working with a customer, get that personality out there. Get those core values out there, and then like you know where you are when any of these things come up. You've got a history. You've like you've always supported these specific causes and people and then like now you're a human you're not just a faceless organization you know so yeah, at least that's my stand on it very <laughs> very true well let's take that conversation and veer wildly into tiktok as jeff kind of set it up for me but going even to that light of, of personality i've never seen a social media where you're able to kind of have that be brought forth um, so vibrantly and so, and, and so loudly in some cases, um, Melissa, to give you some context, um, two years ago on one of our episodes, Jeff mentioned that TikTok was one of that particular weekend that TikTok was one of the, like the top downloaded apps, um, over the past couple of days. And, and we hadn't heard of it. We didn't know what it was. Um, we read one quick article. I downloaded it. I think it was what that Thursday or Friday. And then spent the whole weekend just poking around. From that moment to now, the obsession has remained strong. <laughs> like to the point where I will, I will have TikTok on my phone on the floor, and I will plank because it distracts me enough for a minute that I can make a minute plank. I can only do a, mi- a plank for a minute. But um, my question to you is: as as someone who you know is following social media trends, who's been involved with social media a lot. Um, is it is it at the point that TikTok is something a brand or an entrepreneur should consider, or is it only only for a specific type of brand or entrepreneur? You know, it's interesting because um, yeah, I agree with you. TikTok can be addicting um, from a consumer standpoint, right? Um, 
and it can be addicting too. If you if you really get your uh, you figure out how to how to make the videos and how to how to play with it. It's, it can be addicting, and I actually um, learned about TikTok because of my nine year old, um, and he was like he he has an iPad and he downloaded this app and he was doing these things and I was like, well, I need to be I need to be on this thing because I wanna. I want to make sure that he's not doing something that it's not supposed to be doing. So I'm going to let him be on the app, but I'm going to create a profile for myself so I can watch what he's doing. And, and that's kind of how it started uh, for me. And so I, I was always looking at it from this perspective of the little, you know, not little, but like teenagers and like uh, younger generation just making funny videos and all kinds of stuff like I even got into it because of him he was teaching me how to do different things and um and yes it can get addicting when you keep scrolling and you keep seeing it's just like the new vine right like the like um so I think that it started like that and I think people are associate TikTok with 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 just that the dancing and the you know jokes and and the funny stuff um but the the amount of like accounts that are right now in tiktok it's it's amazing it's like it's exploded so there's so much people in there's so many people in tiktok and we should be leveraging that too um and the amount of reach that you're going to have like this new uh, it, it, what 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 is it's what is really fascinating to me is like this new applications this new apps um are getting a lot of reach and it is something that we don't we're not going to get ever with Facebook and Instagram anymore so um we should be leveraging those um but we need really need to be strategic about it right we have a brand we are you know, a company or a personal brand. So maybe we're not, we don't really need to be dancing and doing all kinds of like funny videos. We can, we can, we can talk, you know, like that. I, I feel like it's intimidating sometimes because we feel like we need to be doing all this fancy stuff and all this like complicated, um, intricate things in TikTok. But it's really, um, I look at it like an Instagram story, right? Like, so you can just talk teach um on tiktok and and the people that are uh, that are resonating with your messaging will follow you you know you don't need to appeal to the to the teenagers you 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 have to um just just think about your market and think about what they like and what they like to learn and just teach on tiktok um and and i understand that the Maybe the audience on TikTok is uh, younger, right, than Facebook, Instagram. But it's an investment to me because that audience is going to grow and it's going to mature. And, like, we see that Facebook matured from what it was in 2007, a bunch of teenagers using it, right? And now it's all the grandmas are using it too, right? So it, it's, it's going to evolve. If it's, if it's here to stay... It will mature, so I think it's a good investment to be on it. It's it's really interesting because um, I I couldn't agree more about the teaching because even 
sadly, I can even mark the times from from TikTok's evolution, from the lip syncing to the dancing <laughs> to the pranks. But now, and Jeff, you should see these, man. There are videos talking about spreadsheet formulas that like they're they're huh. like cheat sheets for Excel. And huh. I love them. I've learned so much crap about formulas and spreadsheets. Yeah. And it's sadly helpful. And I'm learning it in seconds. And um, from that to stock tips, like she's right. There's so much more teaching that's happening now. And it's digestible. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. When I when I went from going to TikTok and going back into like YouTube videos, watching YouTube videos and seeing the 20 mm-hmm. minute or 30 minute, like these are bloated. Why can't you just do this in 10 seconds or, you know, 20 seconds, whatever it might be. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that goes right with TikTok. There's also a, a lot that goes wrong. But Melissa, I think you got a point that it, it's it, it's an investment, especially for, for the generation coming up. Um, but as always, you have to know your audience. And maybe it's that education part that's really a way to resonate um, because it, it does seem like I see I see more of that these days than anything else. And I think that is, is also consistent with what happened to, to YouTube. If we think about YouTube at the beginning, it was videos of people just doing random stuff and and then it, it became what it is right now it's like basically replaced television like and and there's so much teaching in youtube you can learn anything from youtube right now like if you really want to you can find anything there so um so yeah but it didn't used to be like that it's true also why do you say that instagram and facebook won't reach the levels that they were at before you said something along those lines like they kind of peaked and that was it yeah so in the beginning when 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 facebook and instagram started the the reach that we had with the platforms was organic all organic right um and after you know facebook started monetizing the platform um and you know the the famous algorithm was uh, introduced um so now only like two percent of your followers will see what you post and will see what you the content that you're putting out there so it's very mm. limited and it's and it's intentionally done so that you pay for advertising um yeah. but that's something that it's not happening in other platforms such as TikTok and actually LinkedIn as well. Um, uh-huh. And I think we should also be leveraging those because maybe the, the people that are going to be consuming your content are going to be even more on those because uh-huh. you don't have any restrictions. So it's good to have, build an audience over there too. Have you done any TikTok strategies for a client? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> I would like to hear what that would look like. Well, I was I was thinking the same because I was wondering if there was a way, just go, Melissa, going back to how you started talking about leads and thinking about mm-hmm. getting qualified leads for your business. Um, does that, it does TikTok happen to do that in such a way? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I... I'm sure it can engage people, but does it convert to leads? I really don't know. Well, you you have to think about like your content. Most of the time, it should bring value to your audience. Um, so 
by teaching and 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 doing these videos, you're not only you know you're bringing value to your audience, but we're, you're also positioning yourself as someone uh, that is an expert. Um, and so there's and also there's a, the reciprocity um, aspect of it. The more you serve, the more you bring value. The, the more that you know you're you're gonna create that um that trust between you and your audience and they're gonna you know when whenever there is something that you're offering you can promote it in TikTok and they can go you know um and, and they'll they'll go and get it because they trust you they know you you know what you're doing you're the expert you know what I mean so sometimes bringing awareness is as important as selling something or you know trying to convert all the time so that's a good point but it does it does mean it's more supplemental because while it can bring awareness people need to be able to go right i have to go to that website or Mm -hmm. i'll go to their instagram and and see what what it looks like there um and case in point i i will watch and i have watched tiktok for hours but i have never clicked on a link like i will I know there's a link in a bio or something like that, and but I won't do that. I'll go to the next video. Um, maybe it's happened once when someone presented an interesting thing they found on Amazon. Um, you know, things you mm-hmm. didn't need. You know, you needed on an Amazon part, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to that link to see. But it's so rare. Whereas Instagram, I've I've shamefully have bought in a lot of stuff I found on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sorry. partly because of the ads, partly because what people are talking about, but that seems more in line with me clicking a link as opposed to TikTok, where I really, at that point anyway, the platform has, has, has pretty much made me just want to watch more videos. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we'll have to see how it evolves um, because yeah. we know it will. And I think we, we can advertise now there. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, it's gonna, it's gonna get there. I, I see it getting there, you know, to, to that level with like Instagram. I, I know we're running up against time, but I, before we go, I wanted to make sure we touched on this because you have a podcast. Um, and I, I know, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's all Espanol, it's in Spanish. Yes. Um, which leads me to an interesting thing because not only are we talking about the next generation, but considering demographics in the future and considering how I, I can see in the future you're going to see, um, you know, bilingual sales funnels and everything like that. Are you starting to see more of that Are you, from your podcast or from your clients? Um, is there a greater need to ensure that that community, that audience is being engaged with Spanish specific messaging? Well, it, this is like it's the exact reason why I started the podcast and I started the community because I saw a need and a real big gap on the Spanish community for content that you know like teaches online strategies. Like, but in in general, there is a gap. You know, we we see and, and we, you guys are experts on SEO. Like, there's there's a there's also like that need of like, um, I find that it's either the, like the people that I have been teaching and, and, and bringing up content in Spanish, it's either too watered down 
um, or is either too complicated or too complex to understand. And there's there's a big gap there where I I, I thought that you know to bring a space where we can talk about it in in terms where people can understand and it is I'm all about making things simple and just like because most of this is simple you know if I if I could learn it from you know being from from scratch anybody can it's just you know sometimes I don't know why brands like make wants to make things more complicated than they are just to make it sound like it's it's fancy but like people want to learn and and I think that especially now 2020 brand like people want to go online people want to bring their businesses online and they don't know how to do it and and they feel like it's complicated um but it really isn't i think it's even easier <laughs> so um so yeah that 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 is definitely something that um needs it, there is a need there um and 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 not only for you know I have a niche you know it's it's women and and but but there is there is a need um, out there. Sounds like you should take some Spanish classes, Jeff, <laughs> for your uh, your future endeavors. I can probably speak uh, a bit better Spanish than you at this point, Francis. That's fair. Actually, that's very fair. Absolutely, I mean, because I've been uh, living down right here in for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> You should know oh, some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least, least survive. I can get by. <laughs> Certain amount. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's your what's your latest passion? What is what have you gone down the rabbit hole on most recently? Oh um right now I am I am in the rabbit hole of um teaching. And, um, I'm putting, I mean, I, I just, I'm just launching next week, uh, next week we're launching an online program for, for Latino entrepreneurs of online marketing. That's been very exciting. It's kept, it's kept me super busy building wow. that, uh, building a whole platform for them and, and everything. Um, but I'm also getting into the online uh, e-commerce, so um, it's that's something new that I'm I'm learning, uh, and I have a goal to learn this year. So, cool. And where will our audience be able to find the platform that you're launching? Well, it will be an online course, so it's um, MelissaBerrios.net. That's where they can find it. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll be sure to put that in the in the show notes um, as well, so people can find it that way too. Um, Melissa, thank you so much uh, for being part of the show. This was uh, Jeff was right when he when he said it. You by far have the most talented background we've ever had, um, and and you're a better version of Jeff. Which I <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. I've, I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. Oh, thank you. Um, we'll have a good rest of the day, and um, uh, thanks everyone for listening.